The U.S. has had a wild winter, but it's not just weather events piquing investor interest. Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team. What we think matters is we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's diversified portfolio series, including the Income Builder Fund, as well as bespoke solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of March 1st, 2021, and it does not feel like March at all with some very, very cold temperatures on the way. It's been pretty cold, but I'm starting to see the sun peak out from time to time. Well, I'm hoping for more signs of spring to emerge here in New York City, Um, but really I've been struck by how wild the winter weather has been really across the United States. Yeah, we're looking at you, deep freeze in Texas and other Southern states, lots of snow impacting the Northeast. And there's been an understandable focus from our listeners about climate change in recent weeks. Out here in Utah, my remote work location of choice, I actually just experienced a historically dry December and January, followed by over 70 inches of snow in seven days in February. Wow. Talk about wild. And frankly, it's it's not just the weather. As we all know, one bad winter does not an investment strategy make. They, they happen from time to time. But there are other big changes afoot that could impact an investor's perspective on climate change. As temperatures dropped, Fed Governor Lael Brainerd made a powerful speech a couple weeks ago about the implications of climate change to market risk. And at the same time, the Biden administration has continued with steady changes toward environmental protection and climate resilience. Very true. Very true. And that raises a really important point here. The weather changes and the impact that they have to our communities aren't just about weather in these microclimates. They're about infrastructure and they're about politics. At the end of the day, it's about how we distribute energy and how we price it and how we build these energy systems to be resilient to increasingly frequent weather events. Those are the type of challenges that investors have to consider looking ahead. That's a very good point. It's not just the risks that climate change brings, it's also the solutions required to get there that investors have to think about. And perhaps that creates investment opportunity. Exactly. So... We thought it would be useful to share different ways that these changes could impact investors. And rather than recreate the wheel, I want to share what Fed Governor Brainerd said about climate change, because I think it was really to the point and pretty effective. Yeah, it wasn't the the quote was that climate change is already imposing substantial economic costs and is projected to have a profound effect on the economy at home and abroad. Yeah, pretty direct, isn't it? Yeah. She uh, she then went on to define two types of risks for investors to think about with respect to climate change. The first is the one where we've been getting the most questions about physical risks. So damage caused by more frequent or more severe weather events. But there's a second type of risk as well, which she described, which is transition risks, 
all the changes in policy or technology or behavior that accompany a shift to a lower carbon economy. Yeah. And we touched on these risks in our 2021 outlook as well, because we think that the distinction is really important for investors. When we think about physical risks, we can sometimes think about, oh, it's happening over there in a different state or, oh, this happens over a really long period of time. And so it won't affect me. And it's difficult to really know what actions to take about physical risks in your portfolio. Whereas transition risks start to feel very tangible for an investor. Exactly. It's almost as though because those transition risks are the ones taking place in some of the the factors that we monitor as investors, like policy, they become more direct. And really both of these types of risks, though, can quickly materialize as financial risks right here and right now. If you think about higher credit risk, you know, market volatility, operational, reputational, liquidity risk, all of those things impact asset pricing. And banks, regulators, supervisory institutions could also change their demands as well. Yeah, these considerations are just so important for an investor portfolio, but they're not always easy to implement. There are differences and there are overlap and it, it gets complicated. Well, you say complicated. I say it's the perfect time for our portfolio pause, a section of the program where we share an investment idea. Yeah, I think it's clear from what we're sharing today that climate considerations are no longer just a catchphrase. The investment environment is changing, which impacts investors. Reflecting that belief, we have four investment ideas to share today. The first one is about manager selection, because the fact that climate risks are increasing and they don't always have a straightforward impact, makes it more important than ever that investors work with managers that are considering the potential industry and regulatory changes brought on by climate change. So again, not just the physical risks, but those transition risks as well. It's easy to think of climate as something that will impact us over the next 10 years, but these regulatory changes and investor sentiment shifts are happening now. And so institutional risks Institutional investors, rather, just as an example, are already considering their commitments with climate change in mind. So it's time for retail investors as well to look at their managers through that lens and ask them to be careful. Yeah, to do that, investors can and probably should inquire as to whether the investment process of the funds they invest in are considering these risks into their investment framework. That's actually a really nice transition to our second investment idea, which has to do with the shifting preference that investors have for ESG or environmental, social, and governance-focused investments. Yeah, that that acronym is really just a a way to describe an investment process, a way that we think about investment risks or investment opportunities. And more and more investors are recognizing that considering climate change in their portfolio isn't just about hugging trees. It's about real risks to the overall financial and corporate environment. We've discussed this in several contexts over the past year or so. Corporations that fail to transform their business models to focus on environmental impacts, social goods, or solid governance could lose ground to others that have embedded a adaptive flexibility to thrive in a new world that values smart, clean, and healthy activities. And while it's worthwhile to note that many institutional investors are already seeing pressure to do this from activists, for example, a number of endowments 
have been divesting from fossil fuels over the last decade. It's a lot to think about, but a really powerful investment idea that suggests that flows or popularity for ESG funds isn't just about you know, the Biden administration. It's not just about changes in weather. It's about all of these things that increase investors' attention to these issues. Now, our third investment idea is related to this, which is that there's an opportunity specifically in clean energy investment. Robert, you want to describe that one? Yeah, of course. This this is the green wave and it's not a fleeting trend. This is a structural change that the global economy is and will have to undergo. Publicly traded clean energy may be overbought in the near term. It's currently selling off a little bit in in the pullback that we've had in recent days, but it could very well be in the early stages of a secular bull market for this theme. Okay. So if we're saying that, you know, the trend towards ESG investments and and clean energy investments specifically is a long-term trend, being impacted by some of the policy changes that are coming underway, then there might be an opportunity here, even if there's some ebb and flows in the near term. So how would an investor actually reflect that idea in a portfolio? How do you invest in clean energy? Mm. It's a good question. And thank you for clarifying my points on the theme there. When you're investing in clean energy, it's difficult to express this with any sector size or style approach. This is where thematic investing really comes into play. Investors need to take a thematic approach to positively identify clean, green companies. Actually, we'll be out soon with some thought leadership on the specific idea of how to implement thematic ideas into the full context of your portfolio. So more on that to come soon. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Not just implementing thematic ideas, but also identifying thematic ideas. I love that. Now, Our fourth and final investment idea for today is a refresh and a reminder. The Biden administration's focus on climate change is likely to bring significantly higher investment into infrastructure. Investors can capture that theme using infrastructure-focused funds. Municipal bonds may also present an opportunity that's interesting because so much of infrastructure plays out in this space, the municipal space. I know we've talked about this before, but I... (laughs) I think this point about infrastructure and municipal bonds is important to consider because a transition to climate resilience or green energy isn't just about creating more green energy. It's also about getting that power to people, that clean power around the country. And this is hard because you don't have strong winds everywhere or a bright sun all the time or the ocean power everywhere. It's a big, complex infrastructure issue. And there are some understandable technical and political challenges to get there. That's very true. And a lot of things to consider. And as we mentioned, sometimes these ideas and and these risks, they, they overlap and they can manifest in a portfolio in lots of different ways. So Given the big changes to state and local finances during COVID-19, to you know the way that we're thinking about climate change as a country, there's a lot going on there. And so active management is going to be critical in helping investors to assess the risks and opportunities in all of these spaces, in municipal bonds and in infrastructure, in clean energy and ESG. And so even if we think that the tailwinds for these investment strategies are underway, that active management piece is likely to continue to be important. 
Coming up next, it's the first week of the month, which means I'll be looking for the U.S. jobs report, which is out on Friday. Now, we expect some improvements in the labor market, but only modest ones. The acceleration in labor market inclusion and improvement is likely to come only when the economy reopens more holistically and people feel safe going out to restaurants and traveling and all of the things that have created a drag on the jobs market to date. And so while we'd expect some improvements, not a big landslide for the jobs report. And until we do see those big improvements, the Fed is going to stay very accommodative, which is what matters for investors. Yeah. Alongside that jobs report, we're going to be watching a fiscal stimulus package potentially come to fruition. If you blinked over the weekend, you might have missed it. The House of Representatives passed a additional fiscal stimulus package that now moves to negotiations in the Senate, where the split between Republicans and Democrats is a little bit more narrow. So we'll be watching closely there to see if the economy gets more fiscal stimulus by mid-March. That's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. If you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on social media. That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views on our new website at newyorklifeinvestments.com and clicking the Insights tab. Until then, I'm Robert Sarenbutz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next week. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamonts, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about Mainstay Funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.